you, mm-hmm. you, what is your goal for venting? If it's to make yourself feel better, then you're being a narcissistic ass. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 122 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the field marshal of follow-up, Dr. <laughs> Kirby Hossaman. Kirby how the hell are you today, buddy? I am doing well. Love that title, by the way. I always say the fortune is in the follow-up, so I will take that title. How are you, bud? I am doing fantastic. And you know where else the fortune is, Kirby? Where's that, Bill? That would be our good friends at Chameleon. Like, you know, we talk a lot about elevating the experience for promo and going where your audience is. You and I talk a lot about that, and I think we would agree our audience now, and when I say our audience, I mean the end users of promotional decorated nuggets of goodness. Yes. They expect a retail experience, and part of that is packaging. Yeah. And there is no one, and I mean no one, who does it better than our friends over at chameleon like i totally agree my friend totally agree we got i got a, a box in the mail this week kind of showcasing a little bit of some of that and wow it blew me away i i got the same box and you know they recently acquired a small texas manufacturer of high-end custom gift boxes and packaging and that's what we both received and you know why custom is what they do and yeah. you you get a box like that and it is like freaking christmas because <laughs> i want to know what's in that thing it's huge it's massive and it's it fits so well together i mean it really creates that experience of wow right yes. and who doesn't want to create a wow experience with their clients so, dear promotional products distributor, if you'd like to create a wow experience with your end user clients, and by golly, who wouldn't want to do that? Go visit our friends over at Chameleon Like. That's chameleonlike.com. Pierre and Alex will take care of you. They do such a fantastic job, and they'll brainstorm with you to help elevate your delivery of promotional products to really create that wow experience. Totally, totally agree. Awesome Excellent. stuff. Excellent. Well, Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at, let's say, a balsa wood level today. <laughs> I, I will shoot for balsa wood, my friend. All right. Kirby, do you have a topic for us? You want me to go ahead and start? Um, I, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Fire so, away. Yeah. So um, what has been interesting to me here as of late, um, we talk a lot about the promotional products professionals page on ah. Facebook. And so I want to start there. Yep. Um, so it seems to me, and maybe it's just my, um, you know, kind of my take on it right now but man i feel like the venting posts the the hey this supplier sucks posts are out of control i mean it's mm-hmm. literally like every other post right now saying this supplier's terrible and this supplier's terrible and I, I, first of all i want to remind the people who are members of that group and there are a lot of you that i think are fantastic but i want to remind you that one of the p's that i think it was the third one stands for professional Let's start acting like it. Like, if you have a problem with the supplier, there's this new invention. It's called the phone. Like, reach out to them <laughs> and actually take care of it like an adult. Like, yeah. it is embarrassing, the amount of venting posts. And I'm not saying that there aren't times that I'm frustrated. I am. I have the same issues that some of the other distributors do. But, man, dirty laundry. This, it, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it is, and it is, and we are, and we do. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's super embarrassing because 
like you said, it's promotional products professionals, but it's very you, you go into that group a lot of times and you're quickly reminded that we're not a group of professionals. Mm. And I look at those posts and the first thing I think of before I even read it, you know, you see the first few words and you can tell somebody just saying, I can't believe supplier X, they stink, they don't answer my calls, this proof was wrong, blah, 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 blah. First of all, the first thing I think of is, okay, so you're going to just blow this out there, and it's certainly your perspective of what happened. So it's a very one-sided view of what happened generally. Yes. Right, three sides to every story, your version, my version, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. So it's a very slanted version of whatever happened. My initial thought is, okay, what do you hope to accomplish? Yes. So, so do you expect the supplier to see that post, pick up the phone, and say, I am so sorry. I am so, oh, we're going to make it better. Now, generally, a lot of suppliers actually do post that because they're in defense mode. They have to. Right. Um, but I would make, if I was a supplier, I'd make some mental notes of, you know, I'm not sure that's a person I really want to work with that right. is so comfortable airing dirty laundry. Because you know what? Here's the thing. We are an industry of human beings. And last time I checked, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. And the in, inherent lack of grace that we allow others to screw up and have an opportunity to make it right is astounding to me. And I'm sure people are saying, no, no, you don't understand, Bill. I gave them every opportunity to make it right, and they didn't. You know, and and that does happen. I get that. But again, you begin with the end in mind, right? What is your goal for venting? If it's to make yourself feel better, then you're being a narcissistic ass. If the goal is to actually get something done and and find a way to solve a problem, then I would really recheck the way you post things. You know, it's one thing to say, is there anybody here from Supplier X? I'm really struggling with this issue, and I'm not finding a resolution. Because those posts, I don't mind at all. Because I'll say, yeah, I'll say, hey, Joe Blow from Supplier X, you may want to hop on this, right? Yeah. Those, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go. It's uh, it's one of those things where, and again, I, I think part of it is that it just seems like there's every post right now or every other post is, is something like this. And I'm like, you know, number one, gosh, I hope every time you screw up that your clients don't go to, to this level. And just to your point, what do you hope to accomplish? And mm-hmm. I, I heard somebody, or not heard, I actually read, they're like, well, you know, essentially they're acting like they're the watchdogs of the industry by doing exactly. this. And, and I know that's your justification. I promise you that's not how most of us see this. No. It, I see it as whining and bitching. And that's how most people do. It makes yep. you look worse than the supplier. That's no, that's my take. No, no, and I couldn't. I, I actually agree with you there. And again, what are you trying to accomplish? Because if you're trying to work in a partnership environment with your supplier to fix an issue, that is not the way to do it. Nobody likes to be backed in a corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> that's right. And and when you you know again, what are you trying to accomplish? I have a saying, and you've heard me say it before. If it doesn't make me happy, and it doesn't ma- or it doesn't make me money, I generally don't do it. Yeah. So that th- there's a reason I don't post things like that because it's not it doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me money. And I, I think if you kind of put yourself in the position of like I, I think you said it best. What if every time you screwed up, your customer decided to, in a somewhat private Facebook group, decided to blast you? Eviscerate you, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's just, it's unbecoming. If yeah. you really want to be a professional, then frickin' act like one and 
work collaboratively to fix the issues. It's okay to ask for help because mm-hmm. maybe you're not being responded to. Nobody would blame anyone for that. Yep. But to castigate an entire organization because of your issue, and again, it's your version of what happened. Right. Okay? <laughs> totally. So let's remember that. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right, so Kirby, at the top of this fine, fine broadcast, I called you the field marshal of follow-up. <laughs> and I was trying to think of this. You know, we're all in sales in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And as you are working with your clients, and it could be clients or prospects here, Kirby, what do you do with the unresponsive client? Mm. The one who you had some engagement with, there seemed to be some interest, and now you're getting a lot of, hey, call me back in two weeks. I'm kind of busy. Right. Um, which to me is always a no. Right, right. Because right. people are just too nice to tell you no. Um, how do you follow up with an unresponsive client? What's the what's the, what advice can you give our listeners from a sales perspective? And I've got some thoughts too, yeah. but I want to hear your advice. What you can give, um, what you can do with an unresponsive client to get them to re-engage with you or engage the first time with you. Right, right. So, and, and I, I'm going to go on the idea that you have had a meeting. You kind of said, "Hey, this is somebody who was interested," and then Perfect. they've kind of gone off the. Now they're just stringing you along. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I'm pretty. Um, I'm probably annoyingly uh, consistent about my follow up. I generally speaking, it'll be like immediate, then maybe a couple days, then maybe a week, then maybe a week. And then one of the ways that I've seen that has been really good after I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I think this is probably dead and I need to do it, but I'm going to follow up six, seven, eight, ten. You know, I'm going to be pretty diligent if they've expressed interest. One of the ways that um, I've seen that's worked, a lot more people are doing it now, is just to say, you know, in the subject line, is this project dead? Good. Like, you know what I mean? To say... Mm -hmm. and just to say in the message, hey, I don't want to waste your time any more than you do. Um, right. So if this is a project you're not interested in, just let me know and I, I'll take this off my list and I'll keep moving. I found that that has been, because usually what happens, not, not, I'd say I'd say 60% of the time, they usually are like, no, actually it's not dead. This is totally my fault. They almost, they, it flips the script a little bit. Right. If they're still interested, that gets them re-engaged. If they're not interested, it gives them a, an, an out and it allows me to move on. I think the biggest problem in this most of the time is that our funnels don't have enough prospects in them. Correct. And so it, it hurts to let go of the, the shitty prospects because mm-hmm. we don't have any good ones. And so um, for me, it allows me to move on, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, and I love your answer. And so I have a similar my, – my similar thought is, you know, at some point you have to – you have to call people out a little bit, and not in an unpleasant way, not in an unprofessional way, but you have to give people permission to say no. Right. Uh, I Like I said when I asked you the question, most people don't like to say a flat-out no because I don't want to hurt their feelings. I like that person. I like this salesperson, but I'm just not interested right now. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, you know, call me back in two weeks, white-knuckling it, hoping you don't call them back in two weeks, right? right. I mean, that's what they, they hope it just kind of – lingers and dies and so what what i always like to do is when i when i do call them say look if you don't feel like this is valuable for you that's fine help me understand why and we can just both move on because i just want to understand you know if if there's an opportunity here let's explore it if not let's not so generally my question is is you know what's going to happen in two weeks Right. So, you know, I mean, you know especially with with uh, with very quick transactional type sales I can, you, people are going to make a decision on that pretty quickly. There's not this two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And so by giving people kind of, hey, you know, uh, what, what do you need from me? Is there anything else you need? Because if not, you know, let's make a decision one way or the other. And I'm cool either way. 
right. like you. I don't want to waste your time. I certainly don't want my time wasted. And it's one of the things I find salespeople, it's amazing to me. I find salespeople at times are so cavalier with their time. Mm, yeah. They're content, like you said, to, to waste time on hope to right. waste time on possibilities, to waste time on, man, in two weeks, it, it's on because they <laughs> told me in two weeks. And you don't, it means you don't have enough in your pipeline. It means that you're not prepared for them to say no. You need to cling on to the possibility of yes because it feels more comfortable than someone just saying no and finding someone else to replace that person in the sales funnel. Yeah, I, one of the things that I um, heard uh, early in my sales career that I absolutely love and I still kind of echo it many times, but then I actually kind of try to live by it is, is no's are fine, yeses are great, maybes will kill you. No, no it, it's 100% <laughs> right. Because maybe is this is um, lukewarm water of, you know, of sales, and it's terrible. Yeah, it's totally terrible. Agree. Totally agree. Awesome. Got another topic for us, Curb? I do. I do. It actually. It, so it's funny. I've. This is one of those that I'm. I got a blog post about it, and I kind of want to get your take on it. This is okay. one of the one of those things that kind of popped into my head recently, and I'm like, oh, is that really good or really stupid? And okay. so you are going to be the judge and jury along with our listeners. So I love being the judge and jury. <laughs> I know you do. That's what I thought. I'm, I'm really good at it too. <laughs> According to you, as the judge. Exactly. All right. So. One of the things that I was thinking about is those, you know, those days where like, and you've had them where it's like, you can't respond to prospects fast enough. Mm -hmm. You can't get the content done. Like, it's like the moment you get one thing done, another thing rolls in. And like at the end of those days, when those are productive activities, not just busy work, but you're actually doing things that are moving toward your goal. Mm -hmm. I find those days very fulfilling um, because I have, I am maxing out my productive capabilities. And so one of the things that I, I kind of landed on is I think that, and you've heard me say that the greatest distance in the world is the distance between I know and I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we are at our most fulfilled mm-hmm. and our most happy, this is a little bit of a different take on this, but to say that when you're moving towards your goal, the distance between I can and I do, the less that distance is, the more happy you are. Mm-hmm. I think so many people are spend a lot of their life knowing that they could do more, but are perfectly content not doing anything to move themselves. Mm-hmm. So the distance between I can and I do, the less that is, the happier you are. That's my take. I want your take on it. It's interesting. So I, I, I would augment that a little bit. I think the distance between I can and I won't is also very short. Mm, yeah. um, because a lot of people I find are, you know, when, you're, when you're striving for a goal, public, private, doesn't matter. Um, it, it's scary because right. you might fail and you might, you know, it might take longer than you think and it just might not work out. And so I think why people are content doing what they've always done is because it's safe. Mm, yeah. And there's that, that, you know, as human beings, we crave that comfort. We crave familiarity. We crave safety. Right. I mean, it's one of the basic human needs. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, safety is, is one of them. Right. Yep. And I think because our society just um, allows us to be comfortable, mm-hmm. it's harder now to push yourself forward. I mean, I got a pretty good life. Right. You got a pretty good life. Right. So for us to really want to get somewhere, for us to want to do something, I think it takes more effort today than it did maybe 50, 70 years ago when, hey, my parents were in the Depression. We grew up eating you know, shoe leather every day, and, mm-hmm. and we had to go to soup kitchens. 
you, you, that that puts a fire in your belly uh, to never live that way again. Sure. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not. Um, I, I do I do agree with you. You know, the closer you get to a goal, so let me let me address your actual question. The closer you get to a goal, yes, that distance is shorter in terms of I can to I do. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also more difficult mm-hmm. as you go. Well, uh, you but, know, for for a lot of people. Now, for me, I, you know, the closer I get to a goal, I want to put more effort into it, right? right. I want to get there. I want to I want to put my my foot to the gas pedal a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. But I think it's it's about fulfillment too, right? Because mm-hmm. when you know you could be doing more, and, and let's use fitness as an example, right? Yeah. Let's just like, and you know, for me, right? Like, if I know that I could be doing more to get closer to my fitness goal, mm-hmm. I'm unhappy with myself. And that's, right. why I, that's why I keep coming okay. back to the happy and fulfilled thing. Whether it's sales, you want to like, hey, I could be selling more, and all I need to do is make twenty calls a day, but I'm making three, right? Right. And and I think it, like I'm talking about just in the dark parts of your, your your room, you're looking at yourself, and you're like, oh, I could, I'm choosing not to do more. Right. Well, there's two types of people, either, the, and that either is going to fuel you to do more. Right. You have that that some that moment where you realize, I should be doing a shit ton more. To get yep. the to get to where I want to be, or it's not worth it to me. Yes, and I'm and I'm happy. So that's kind of where the direction I was going. I think most yeah. people are talk a good game. Yes, and I want to sell more, and I know what I need to do, and I'm going to make this many calls, and I'm going to do it this time of the week, and I'm and it's going to be awesome. And then smash cut to a week later, and they're still going down a rabbit hole on YouTube videos or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, right. And so that's what I, I think. As you get closer to a goal. You know, let, let me put it a different way, Kirby. Okay. As the groundwork is laid out to achieve a goal, and let's say a sales goal, just because that's kind of what we're talking about, the marketing's done, the collateral's done, everything's done. All that's left is really the work that actually goes into it, the right. actual sales process. Right. That's when you have that seminal moment of, am, am I going to do what it takes, the actual work? There's nothing else to blame it on. Right. right. There's nothing. The, the marketing is done. The product is great. The, the support is there. The value is there. The price is right. I've got people who love what we do. If you don't put in the effort, then it's on you. Right. No, so, yeah. I, 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 again, it's two types of people. So, absolutely, I get what you're saying. I agree with you. Cool. All right. Awesome. So, Kirby, I want to take a quick turn here. Okay. Um, and talk about movie marketing. Okay. You like movies, don't you, Kirby? Uh, of course I do. I thought you did. So I, I'm a dork. I'm a red-blooded American male, and I love superhero movies. I think okay. you do as well. I, I like them, yes. Okay. So I, I'm, I was thinking about this the other day, and Marvel Comics mm-hmm. is just killing it at the movies. Yep. Right? They have for a decade, beginning with Iron Man and Captain America and all the Avengers movies. They're killing it. Now I think Venom is out, and that's a Marvel movie as well. They are just killing it. It's almost like they have a license to print money at this point. <laughs> they don't have movie failures. Right. Meanwhile, if you compare them against DC Comics, right. they can't do a damn thing right with their movies. <laughs> I mean, the last really good DC Comics movies were the Christian Bale Batman movies. And they were terrific, yes. And they were fantastic. Actually, yeah. some of my favorite movies of that genre. And I was trying to think, what does DC Comics do so wrong that Marvel does so right? Because I look at the actual characters themselves. Mm-hmm. And let's just say Batman, Superman on the DC side, Iron Man and Spider-Man on the, the Marvel side. Mm-hmm. I was As a kid, I was always drawn more toward Batman and Superman. Right. Right? 
Yes. So, so I'm not saying the characters are better, but I think they're easier to identify, especially as you grow up or you know growing up. What is Marvel doing so right from a marketing perspective that DC does so wrong? And I have some thoughts. If you want me to go, or do you want to go ahead and answer? No, I think there's there's three things that pop into my head, so I'll give yep. you those, and yours will probably be more well thought out. But number one, I think you know, um, Superman. I think is an appealing character in a comic book Mm -hmm. Um, because gosh, having all those powers would be amazing, but he's hard to identify with. Yeah. Right. Like the thing that Marvel, their characters are flawed in Mm -hmm. a way that we can identify with. Um, So I think that's number one. Number two, the casting has been terrific for Marvel. DC has been all over the place. I think wonder woman is terrific. Yes. Um, But other than that, I'm kind of, well, I mean, they're fine, whatever. But right. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., it's like he was born to play. He is Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. the casting has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, and I think from the early movies on, maybe not as much Captain America, but there was a sense of humor yep. to to some of these that I think are, that, that make them appeal to both sides of yeah. the the lane i guess like mm-hmm. i like it because iron man's badass but my wife might like it because he's lovable and funny right and so i think those are the three things and i don't know that those are marketing per se although the product becomes the marketing and the, so those are the, the three things that pop into my head so so i popped you know first one that came up was humor you know, yeah. like you said, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. Yep. And, you know, the, the flippant quick wit is, is always a win for me. Um, here's a couple that I thought of that are different. I, I uh, From a marketing perspective, they've always pushed, and they meaning Marvel, mm-hmm. have always pushed the how human their characters are, yep. how fallible they are. Um, you know, I mean, some of my favorite um, movie memories of that genre are... You know, I remember um, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yep. When he got his powers and learning how to use his powers and hitting brick walls. I mean, things we would all do is we're trying to learn how to spray web out of our wrist to swing. (laughs) Very human. You know, they make mistakes. They're hot-headed. They're bullheaded. They're 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 rude sometimes. I love that human aspect because I think we can identify with that. I think that's why Batman has always been the most interesting character study on the DC side because he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just super rich and has some really (laughs) cool stuff. Yeah. But as a human, he's a tortured soul. Right. So I think you know that's why Batman's always been the most successful on the DC side. But then the other thing is they. Marvel's done such a great job of making sure that every story is woven into the next yes. story in previous stories. And even when they've had um, things on television, it would be the same actors playing the same characters, and it would weave into the story. Whereas DC, the guy who plays the Flash on TV is not the guy who plays the Flash in the movie. It's a different human being. Yeah. And, and the same thing with... Um, all of their properties, and what really kind of spurred this, Kirby, is um, I, I did I did see the Justice League movie, and again, it was it was shot poorly. It was mm-hmm. it was one of those things. I grew up loving the Justice League, yep. and it was so disappointing. Yeah, and I, I I found out this week or last week that DC Comics is producing not one but. Two standalone Joker movies with a different character, a different actors playing the characters. You got Jared Leto's character from Suicide Squad, Jared, Jared Leto's Joker from Suicide Squad, and then you got a whole another one with Joaquin Phoenix. Two different directors, two different stories, oh, and and then you've got a third, probably I would assume if they do another um, 
Justice League movie or another Batman movie, you've got a third guy probably paying Joker against Ben Affleck's Batman. And it's 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 just too dang confusing. Again, yeah. from a marketing standpoint, you talk about confusing your audience and not being consistent. You know, it's it's like DC is doing everything they can possibly do wrong mm. to screw up what could be the best franchise ever. Yeah. What's funny too, it really quickly, it's the one I think the one mistake Marvel's made is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that I, I quit going to Spider-Man movies because I'm like, I don't know who the hell it is anymore. Right, they reboot it every 10 <laughs> yep. years. And yep. so I'm actually, that's the one place I feel like they've missed. And so... That yeah, and the Hulk. I, I'm with you. They've never figured out a standalone Hulk movie. But again, we're talking about... Eight percent failure against ninety-two yes. percent success. Fair. Whereas on the on the uh, on the DC side, again, take away the Christian Bale Batman movies, the marketing they did for Wonder Woman was fantastic. That was a huge. That was a great movie. I enjoyed it. I thought the cat, like you said, casting was great. But then I watched Batman versus Superman. That sucked. <laughs> I watched Justice League. Wanted it to be good. That sucked. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the Green Lantern movie came out. Ryan Reynolds, one of my favorite actors, funny. Should you know he, that guy could play Tony Stark, snarky. Yeah. humorous that movie sucked and it's like how can you guys get it so wrong consistently and i just don't understand it and, it and a lot of it is the marketing of it because you said the product becomes the marketing yeah cool man speaking of products kirby i'd like to share one of my favorite suppliers of product in our industry okay bring it that would be the good folks at gold star you know we talk about how wonderful they are when it comes to writing instruments and i don't think there's any argument there right but, you know, they're more than just writing instruments. They have bags, they have drinkware, and stationery. You know, they have that fast-growing line of over two dozen of the industry's most popular, budget-friendly drinkware and bag styles. Again, free of setup and decoration charges. Love That's that. fantastic, right? Yes. And includes six new drinkware styles just released for the fall of 2018. And if you're not looking at your calendar, we are currently in the fall of 2018. <laughs> I love it. They've got competitive pricing, low minimums, and quick 72-hour standard production. It's domestically sourced USA-made USA made drinkware options, right? It's fantastic. So yes. if you want to learn more, and I know our listeners do, Head over to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Get that free simplicity starter kit. It's going to get you on that path to success and higher sales, higher profits for you and your clients. I love it. All right, Kirby. Are you ready for some fill in the blank? I am ready. As we're recording this, Kirby, it's early in the morning, and you and I have chatted about your preference for breakfast mm-hmm. and where you have breakfast at the hospital just about every morning there in Coshocton. Yep. So my, my theme this week is breakfast. Okay. Kirby, it's time for an omelet. Okay. Your fillings are blank. Yeah, I'm going to be pretty boring on this. Uh, it'll be ham, bacon, maybe a little bit of cheese, and that's about it. Hold I, on. I, I don't want to get Hold all on. kooky about Hold it. On. <laughs> yeah, wow, pretty wild there with <laughs> ham, bacon, and maybe a little cheese. So let me understand this. For you in an omelet, cheese is a possibility. It is not a definite. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. I don't even know what to say to you. I really don't. I mean, you just sent me you just sent me straight into hypnosis with that answer. I don't even know what to do with it. You ask me questions, I give you answers. That's that's how this works. I don't know. I like I and I eat scrambled eggs. The the place I eat, the hospital, they actually have not it's an omelet station. They make it, right? I don't yeah. get omelets. I get scrambled eggs. But I, I that, again, Kirby, the question was it's time for an omelet. Okay. 
There you go. I gave you the answer. <sighs> it was a fantastic answer at that, Kirby. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. So mm -hmm. mine, because, and, and you know, kind of to tie this in, I have a theme as well. And each week when I talk to you, I feel like I need some alcohol. So the theme wow. this week is alcohol. Okay. <laughs> so your current, current favorite beer is? You know, it's interesting. Um <laughs> I, I've as I've gotten older, I don't drink nearly as much beer as I used to. I find that I feel bloated and shitty. To it honestly, as much as I like beer, it just ends up I feel, for lack of a better term, gloppy. Gloppy. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite beer, though, actually is um, it's a good beer out of Texas from Revolver Brewing Company. I can't even get it here in. Um, Nashville. It's called Blood and Honey. Okay. It's an unfiltered wheat beer made with a little bit of blood orange, a little bit of honey in it. It's really good. Now here in Nashville, what I can get, I get High Lie IPA um, yeah, out of Cigar, Cigar City Brewing in Tampa. So th those would be my two. I know you asked for one, but because your answer was so horrible, I felt like I had to give our, <laughs> I felt like I had to give our listening audience a little something extra to compensate for that crappy omelet answer. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Kirby. Your preferred breakfast cereal as a youth was blank. Fruity Pebbles. Nice. Fruity Pebbles. I mean, like I ate a lot of different cereals growing up, so Frosted mm -hmm. Flakes, Fruit Loops, but Fruity Pebbles was my go-to, especially as a, in my teen years. Love that. And, and you, that didn't um, partially destroy the roof of your mouth at, as you ate them? No, not so much. I mean, usually I got them right at the time where they're just soggy enough that you can— essentially like i i eat so fast yeah that, like literally like people look around and they're like are you done i'm like yeah i've had two helpings yeah but there is a science to eating cereal and we should actually discuss that one day but there is an absolute science of the right moment and how much milk to put in the ratios yeah. i think that's an entire podcast <laughs> well you can do that one by yourself Okay. Okay. All so, right. Yeah, okay. All right. So, all right. So I know you're not a giant wine drinker, but you go to a party and mm -hmm. wine is the option. Yes. Your go-to wine selection is. I love nothing better than a good, good fat Cabernet. I like okay. red wine. Um, I don't like white wine. It's usually too sweet. Um, and, and I, so in winter, you will find me drinking wine, and I do enjoy red wine. I don't. Um, don't broadcast it, obviously, um, right. but I do. I do really enjoy a good, good red wine, even a red blend. I like, like I, I and I'm not like a wine snob in the least bit. Okay. Um, you know, a ten dollar bottle of Nineteen Crimes Red Blend, I, and I, honestly, that's great for me. I'm really Perfect. happy with that. Perfect. Cool. Kirby, I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> the best way to eat your eggs in the morning is blank. <laughs> well. I I assume you're asking like scrambled. Well, preparation. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I like a scrambled. I mean, I kind of like eggs in many ways, including the omelet form that you were so disdainful about my answer. But uh, I like eggs like sunny side up. I like whatever. Okay. But scrambled is my go-to because what I first thought of was um, I get them to go and I sit in my truck out behind the office and mm -hmm. eat them in my truck. But uh, but yeah, is, I think is you that, meant scrambled. You no, know, well, I didn't mean anything. I meant okay. you to actually answer the question, which you did. So when you're eating eggs in your truck behind the office, are you hiding something? It sounds very nefarious. It doesn't it? No, it's just one of those things where literally, and you know how it is, like once I get in here, the phone's ringing, the text go, yep. and I start, I, I can't, I, I like five minutes of solitude right yep. before I start my day, and I can do that. Now, I will tell you, 
not too terribly long ago, somebody knocked on my window and it uh, literally scared the shit out of me in the middle of me eating because, you know, just not expecting that. Well, in, what did in, they want? Oh, I, they, uh, it was the guy who was working on our roof. Mm-hmm. And so he actually was behind the building as he should have been, but it was just like totally out of context. That is kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So when you think of Halloween, mm-hmm. the alcohol you want to drink is? Oh, a nice hot toddy. Um, as the kids were growing up, we used to have a tradition to have a party in, in our garage. You know, as kids would come trick or treat and we'd have a fire pit going and I would always make some good hot toddies, um, and they'd be in the crock pot so people could go ahead and help themselves. And it, you know, good, good hot toddy on a cool, crisp fall night. A few things better than that, Kirby. I like it. I like it. Kirby, the only way you prepare bacon is. The only way you... Yeah, how do you cook your bacon? How do you cook your bacon? Okay, so I I just know I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, So generally I go to the hospital and they make my bacon. Or, (laughs) uh, But I think what you're asking is on like a skillet. Uh, So Okay, so let me me ask the question in the only way you'll understand it. (laughs) Kirby, you're at home on a Saturday morning. The hospital is closed. They don't allow you to go eat there. And you have a raw pack of bacon right from the grocery store. Yes. And your kids want some of that hot, crispy bacon we all know and love from the Kirby Hossman household. How do you prepare that bacon, Kirby? So what I do is I I call Jade, my youngest daughter. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm out. I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the final broadcast of Unscripted. It's been a pleasure serving you and the greater promotional products industry. I can't handle this anymore. All right, final question for you. Uh, Because I'm definitely driving you to drink this morning. I love it. So your Thanksgiving go-to drink after a turkey dinner is? That would be an old-fashioned Kirby. It's probably my go-to drink as it is anyway. I, I do make variations of it so probably i'd say this coming thanksgiving it would be a smoked cinnamon old-fashioned get a little bit of that fall flavoring in there ended up experimenting with that uh, on friday night i got some smoked cinnamon bitters i made myself some uh, cinnamon simple syrup and not gonna lie that is one quality quality fall beverage you know what i love about you bill What's that, Kirby? You care deeply about shit I don't care about. I Well, here's the thing, Kirby. I <laughs> like to learn. I like to create things. I enjoy Not that you don't. I do, that's how, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV. So I find my relaxation in learning to do that. So, you know, learning to make a proper cocktail as opposed to, you know, buying a mixer. I, I do enjoy You're right. I do enjoy that stuff because I find it super therapeutic. Awesome. So, same thing with cooking or whatever. All right, Kirby, I've got some rapid fire. It's breakfast food edition. Let's see how bad you can screw this up. (laughs) I'm not going to go through the rules because, frankly, you don't care anyway. I don't. You're right. No. All right, Kirby, waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Pop-tarts or toasted strudel? Oh, pop-tarts. Donut or bagel? Donut. Butter or margarine? Butter. Count chocula or frankenberry? Frankenberry. Terrible answer. (laughs) Toast (laughs) Toast or English muffin? Toast. Croissant or regular muffin? Croissant. Cinnamon roll or coffee cake? Uh, yuck to both, but I'll oh go with God. coffee cake. Why is why is it so hard for you? I don't understand. Uh-huh. Um, hash browns or home fries? Hash browns. Fruit salad or oatmeal? Uh, fruit salad. 
Sticky bun or scone? <laughs> Sticky bun. <laughs> Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Sausage link or sausage patty? Link. Leftover Chinese food or cold pizza from the night before? Ooh. Like, I know I'm going to get yelled at if I say both. but I'll, So I'll go with pizza. That is the correct answer, Kirby. Congratulations on successfully <laughs> completing another round of rapid fire. And I want to congratulate our good friends at Chameleon Like for successfully really pushing product um, presentation in our industry through yes. the wonderful, wonderful use of presentation. They are fantastic. They are laser-focused on journals, notebooks, gift boxes, folders. They know what they do. They love what they do. Don't call them if you need a T-shirt or a mug or the newest battery pack. They don't have that. They don't do that. They focus on packaging and that's what they do so if you're interested in learning more and yeah you have to be interested in learning more exactly head over to chameleonlike.com pierre and alex will take care of you and you will not be sorry you did kirby i'd love to thank you for broadcasting with me this morning but i'm not going to because it's been an incredibly frustrating experience (laughs) but i want to thank you for at least taking the time to try to broadcast with me this morning thanks buddy i appreciate it Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.